0: Love Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the most fascinating and really the most helpful leaders in the business community from around our terrestrial orb, I am Bart Jackson, the Hieronymous Bosch of business. So, Did you ever have a venture like Brian's? My friend Brian worked at gyms all his life. He studied exercise therapy, He learned massage, he won weightlifting contests, he saved his money, he wrote a magnificent business plan, he mortgaged his home and bought a gym. It all started out fine with a growing flood of customers and then some treachery, employee backstabbing, theft, and boom, in barely a year, Brian's hopes were all dashed his money gone, his debt huge, the gym has, was cratered, and had to be sold to someone else for a pitiful fraction of Brian's original investment. Brian had failed mightily. And so the media would say, Oh, Brian, don't worry. Remember, there's no failure. There's only challenges before you. Failures are your greatest learning experience. You are lucky to have them. Now is the time to make lemonade from these lemons. Failure will only temper and forge a better character. Manure. Absolute excrement. Failure, as you probably know, my friend, stinks. There is no upside. First of all, you can learn just as much from triumph as a failure or any event that you sit down and analyze. Secondly, failure, falling down, does not make you stronger. It's your gut-clenched, tooth-bitten, we'll get up off the floor and do it again that makes you tougher. And if you try to tell Brian that This business cratering, this is just a challenge in disguise to eliminate. He is going to grab you rightfully by your lapels and stuff your sorry MBA so far up. Forgive me. Today, you and I are going to talk about failure. Seriously. Failure in business, in life, the collapse of any project you've poured your heart, soul, and cash into. And I'll share my own way of handling failure. That'll really bring a laugh to your lips. And then I'm going to share with you the good way, ways that some of the tough business folks I know have, have used to help winch themselves out of the mud. So whether you are a federal bank examiner who has just been fired after 11 years to make way for the new administration's personnel like Harvey Or you're a top-notch editor-publisher like John who finds that he simply can no longer maintain any circulation for his local newspaper. Come on now. Pull your chair up a little closer. We have no quick solutions. Normally I tell you that that we're going to help you make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. Well, let's be a little more real with this one. Today we are carefully cuisine to help you shake off the dust from your fall and find what repairs you possibly can. And first, as I promised, I am going to tell you the way I typically handle major business failures. And it's it's a four step process, and you will want to listen to every one of these. <clears throat> first of all, the very first thing I do is I sing. Everything you have is gone, as you can see, that's just the way it's got to be. See, I sort of set myself down into the mode of misery. Very clever idea. And then, number two, this is followed by a proliferation of loud and miserable cursings and swearings in which I call Christ Muhammad, Buddha's uh, parentage in a question and curse out everybody I've ever met this, this past month. <laughs> And that's probably the only good thing I do. That, that, that at least has some therapy to it. Then the third thing, this is uh, I gather together all those failings of my life, the, the other failings, and I list them individually and out loud. And I work real hard. I labor to convince myself that everything I've ever done is a total disaster. See the benefit of that? That really makes you feel just about as miserable as you can, and it, it sort of forecasts uh, a good history coming up for you. Of to, and then, and this is the most important, <clears throat> then what I do, I then compare myself with everyone I know who, as far as I can see, is a complete and total success. This puts me in the perspective and creates a bottomless pit of self-pity. I'm really good at this one. There is nothing like comparing to really make you feel bad, particularly when all you're looking at is his bright side and your downside, marvelous, great tool. <clears throat> well, all right, I didn't say it was admirable, and probably you handled failure a heck of a lot better than that. But I think that you do have to find a way that you're going to, that you're going to have things that are, will work for you and you also have to avoid the pitfall so before we go on to some better ways to handle business craterings please allow me uh, as proper host to lay before you a few utensils for furthering today's feast of wisdom and first utensil as i always do allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of chief executive officer of yourself And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me uh, to ask, uh, will this be the day that you get some efficiency into your life and turn to those colleagues that you have for support and perhaps even offer your aid uh, on your own? Or will you continue to stymie yourself under this facade of you as a rugged individual forever adrift on a sea of sharkish competitors? (laughs) The choice, my friend, is truly, truly yours. And as a second utensil, I think you need to steep your lips into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from 102 Best Business Quips books, so I am pulling it out here. Oh, here's one, here's one. This is 42. Why is it corporate heads who cry the loudest about, quote, getting government off our backs? are always the one who spend the most time putting politicians in their pockets. (laughs) And as an afterthought, yes, yes, there are companies that spend more time on lobbying than on product, truly. But conversely, most business people don't spend enough time cultivating their legislators. Why not gain this advantageous access uh, and get a little bit of the government favor, Make a date with your state senator, your assembly person, and then your congressperson. Your knowledge and vista will expand. And if you smirked a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full at That's Bart'sBooks.com. That's B A R T S B O O K S dot com. So pick up your copy of 102 Best Business Quips or 101 Best Business Quips, and you are going to have a whole cannonade of jovial witticisms that are going to bring forth some fun and cleverisms uh, for all your fellow wage slaves at work. What fun! And as a third utensil, I think perhaps we should appropriately entitle this The Soul Uplifting (laughs) Falk. We proffer to you the answer of last week's business quotation. That is, the name of the author who noted, Let us be thankful for fools, but for them, the rest of us could not succeed. (laughs) Those words were spoken by none other than America's great humorist and Mississippi riverboat pilot, Mr. Samuel Clemens, or as we know his pen name, Mark Twain. And later on in the show, stick with us, because blurting your way comes another enriching quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be, and email it right off to info at bartsbooks dot com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a marvelous gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. So, excuse me. Mm. Uh, with all our utensils in hand, my friend, let's get back to some better ways to pick yourself up and pick up your worn-out tools and deal with business failure when it all comes crashing down. <coughs> yeah. See, I uh, apparently fate seems to have put me in the mood and given me a. a cough and fever, it sort of seems to work with this uh the whole idea of, of failure. So I I think it's it'll give me a good gravelly voice, so stick with me. Well and so you've you've heard you now listen how I handle total collapse. And let's just think about what you need to do when the meteor comes crashing and hits the ground immediately thereafter. And the first thing, no I am not talking damage assessment. I'm not talking about analysis. You need to heal yourself first. And I really mean this. We homo sapiens are born to accomplish. We naturally spiral when we fail. So instead of rubbing your nose in it with some sort of foolish assessments, say that. Heal yourself. Heal thyself. So go out and the one thing I do right, curse roundly, swear, rage, raise your hands to the almighty. Say you deserve better. And then, secondly, go to that one who cares about you. The person who is sympathetic and really is your friend, not because of what you've done, but because of who you are. And if you don't have one, turn, turn to your house of faith, and you will find a sympathetic ear. But try that and just talk and talk and talk and run through it all. Get some comfort. And the third thing... I've always loved this one, is get out of town for a, a little bit. My friend Jeannie Murphy uh, told, tells the story of a just absolutely disastrous business happenstance that occurred to her. I won't go into the details. it's They're unimportant. But everything had just cratered around her. And then right immediately after, Hurricane Sandy just smacked their house and just left a path of ruination. And Jeannie is sort of standing on the asses. Jan comes back from a business trip, takes one look at things, turns to Jeannie and says, Jeannie, grab a bag. We are going to Atlantic City and I'll be cotton picking." Jan Murphy found the one casino in all of Atlantic City that was still functioning and the two of them went away, put it all behind them and had a very good weekend. And they came back and they were able to sort of with a, with a good new outlook, uh, take care of what needs be done. And so rather than think about all the chores, uh, take time. Let the ashes grow cold. Life is uh, fun. Grab a little of it. And another thing that I think that, that while, as you're getting back and working yourself into this, the, there's a couple of what I call attitude adjustments that have to be made after failure. First of all, let's talk blame. Is it your fault? Oh, yes, probably. Some of the reasons that you went down. But is it fate's fault? Yes, it took both fate, just bad luck, uh, and you and others to destroy your hopes and dreams. I know one man, he was a young man. He had landed and editorship in a magazine. It was his dream thing. I envied him. He, it was a great post. He was on his way up. Everything was going there. I loved him. And he somehow got to talking with uh, one of the people from work who was sort of uh, the office tattletale, and name was Eric. And Eric took him out for lunch and started saying bad things about the publisher, the man in charge. And somehow this young man just started agreeing, he, he starts saying bad things and it was like a spring momentum it was really the dumbest thing this young man could have done it was really foolish and within two weeks, he's sitting in the publisher's office, being A, dressed down and B, fired right on the spot, the guy didn't care how good he was, and this is something that you would think, this is 100% this, this young man's fault uh, by the way Old people are no no wiser than, than young people. Uh, I uh, <clears throat> nonetheless we won't go there. The but you would think it was all his fault. But think about this: if he had had, for instance, me as boss, I if if fate had given him me as boss, I would have hauled him in, and and I would have turned to him and I would have said Rasputin, what is the matter with you? Why don't you? What did I ever do anything to you? Why are you? Why are you giving me all this crud? Now what uh let's get back to the business at hand. If I'm not not a good fit for you, you you can go or you can stay and let's and let's work together as a team. Now that's what I would say. And this but this boss didn't he fate decrees another boss for him. So no matter how totally you think it's your fault, fate plays a hand. And so it ain't all your fault. Um and there is another attitude that I think that is just terrifying. We have in this culture the concept that there is a penalty for failure. That when you try, give it your absolute all, and don't make it. There's a, a penalty. You get your wrist. You hold out your hand, and the nun slaps it. Whatever. And I don't. And it need not be this way. There's an old spiritual that keeps repeating the chorus. What have I got to fear? What have I got to fear? And there are some fiscal consequences, doubtless of your failure. There may be. Um, so you have debt, but these are debts you have to pay back anyway, my friend. So really assess what is it that, that uh, you do have to fear. And if you can sort of put that into a, a worst-case scenario and say, all right, I can adjust, I can adjust. Uh, you may be able to banish the worst part of failure, and that is the fear that follows it. So and I wish you all the best of luck with that one. And um, there is one other thing, that when you've had a major business cratering, and it's failed about, and let's say you still have the business, I mean, well, it's still there. It may be time to just look back and quit. It's time for a reality check. Uh, <clears throat> my dear friend try, uh, tried for six years to get a web based business that was helping seniors and to probe and answer their needs. It was a grand idea. It was really great with all the baby boomers. But after a while, she realized that each new innovative idea, each new remaking of the aspect, uh, every project was simply just another iteration of the same old thing. And there comes a time in every venture, my friend, when it is time to say goodbye for your own Saturday and hell's sake. So consider that. It may be time to just let it all go. turn Turn away and walk to something better. And if you have just joined us... Speaking of something better, you are listening to the Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at two p.m. Eastern Time streams magically through the overwhelmingly misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download this and all our episodes by visiting blogtalkradio.com/slash/the art of the CEO. That's blogtalkradio.com/slash/the art of the CEO, and. <clears throat> At this point, uh, I think we've had a great deal of... Good ideas put put out, and so why don't we now why don't we now take a brief survey from the feast of wisdom, and allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. That company is Prometheus Publishing, creator of among several other divisions Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides, and you may visit Bart'sBooks.com and explore oh, really a wide wealth of practical wisdom from business masters. And this day, in keeping with our situation. Uh, Prometheus invites you to look at two books: 101 Best Business Quips and the exquisitely retitled second version, 102 Best Business Quips. Uh, a little laughter swirls as a as an ideal mixer with failure and cratering, my friend. And so this very day, uh, why not pick up yourself a little raw, raucous laughter and perhaps a grain of wisdom to thousands the 101 Best Business Quips book in the in 102, they, uh, they will bring you such gems as when our board of directors calls the roll, half these guys don't know whether to answer with present or not guilty. And uh, you've heard a lot of our, our quips as you listen to our shows. And for those of you, by the way, who are unfamiliar with the term quip, a quip's a joke, son. You need a little joke. And the greatest wisdom, of course, comes wrapped in a little laughter. Uh, even Aristophanes, a great playwright, knew that. And so we follow this up with a little afterthought that might help you. And uh, by the way, if you enjoyed the book and you've enjoyed the quips you've heard here, don't forget to go to our <coughs> com business site. That's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com site. And you can just click on that little blue mailbox and you are going to find – That you uh, can subscribe to a new weekly quip, come winging your day way, excuse me, through the eternal enigmas of cyberspace, and you'll have a little fun and something to laugh to kick off your week with. Why not? We all deserve a little fun. And just one other note, and that is that uh, for all of uh, you folks out there. Who would like to find a little bit uh, more about our past episodes, some of the guests, where people are speaking, how you might connect with them? Just uh, wobble your agile little digits across your texturing device and say, "On and visit theartoftheceo.com." That's theartoftheceo.com. And here you can see all the shows and the profiles of the guests, and uh, you can even learn how to sponsor a quip if you'd like to be known as someone who gets behind laughter. And speaking of laughing into the dragon's mouth, uh, I've been mulling over the horrors of business failures, as we have, and as Mr. Kipling puts it, lift yourself from the ashes, pick yourself up, and start all over again with worn-out tools. So let's get back into making you making things a little better for you, and well, let's talk about picking up the pieces. The, the uh, no matter how disastrous the crater, uh, e- even when uh, the, the, the uh, meteorite came down and smashed all the dinosaurs away, there still was some things remaining. So it is with your business. Sherry Spiro, who is the publisher of uh, games publisher and uh, CEO of AdMagic began working in her uncle's printing shop and discovered uh, everything about it. Long story short, the uncle took sick, the uh, shop failed and the thing, the, the whole business was going down the tubes. So Sherry, Poked around, she discovered that there were eight hundred thousand dollars worth of unpaid, unperformed un- orders to take care of. So she, rather than make financial deals, she fulfilled them. She got up, begged, borrowed, steel, and stole, and put this put it back together. And that was able to launch her new business, Ad Magic, uh, and make her really the, one of the most no- noted publishers of board games. But. More importantly, you've got to uh, now. You've got to say, "What have I got that's left?" And you know, even if you failed entirely, you can even talk to a local paper, business magazine, and and you could pen a quick article about how not to start up or, or here comes the crash. Let them know you're still out there kicking, and it's a way of recouping uh, the losses. And uh, and speak of recouping losses, ha 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 ha. Do you know the difference between the dreaded Chapter 11 – I'm sorry, the dreaded Chapter 7 versus Chapter 11 and also Chapter 12 and 13? When it comes to bankruptcy laws, you probably don't, or you don't know them as well as a good attorney did. But step step number one, before you call an attorney, step number one, write all your creditors and assure them that you are working to pay them. This was is going to put them in the mode of you taking care of your assets for repayment, putting you in the driver's seat rather than having them sell off your assets. So work with that. Talk about a payment schedule. Be specific. B, uh, even, uh, we still don't go to a lawyer. We go to the SBA, the Small Business Association. They have a great deal that you can read and set yourself up. Then go to a lawyer, and by the way, if you are seeking cash from a cratered situation, probably the best, interestingly enough, is to turn to an angel because an angel is an individual. He will look at your problem, and an angel is the one who will want to say, I invest in people. He will say So he can get past your failure much better than a VC or an organization can. So I bring that on to you, and that's going to help uh, a great deal, I think, as you should move up. And uh, it is, after all, worth a shot, you know <laughs> and the uh, finally, the thing that we really have to look at is wh- after you've sort of done picked up the pieces, looked at where you are, it's time to to decide you know where to from here. Well, let's look at this. Four out of five startups fail. So my question to you is, do you have enough desire remaining in you to go another three rounds of this collapse of, of all your hopes and dreams? If not, please don't feel ashamed or short of ambition. No, no, no. Be honest. Put your entrepreneurial dreams aside. Uh, you still got them. They're not dead. They're just waiting patiently. They're uh, like, a, like a good family member, waiting patiently in the wings. Or, uh, if you have just lost the job that you've loved and you've been canned, like uh, our poor friend who uh, was in, in the editor uh, trade, you may you may want to keep you may want to either move to or keep some salary security. That's okay. And the very best way you can do this now is the time above all to turn to professional organizations. They are literally the best job fair in town. You, If you were an accountant uh, and your CPA firm has just crashed, go to, uh, you could go to a job fair where every everyone is aware that everyone is hungry for a job. Or you could go to your professional organization meeting. Talk to people. Let them know you're there. Let them know that your abilities are available. And, you will meet so many people who are already in this trade and so many of them, I can guarantee, are looking to expand and they want a good woman or they want a good man. So uh, turn to them. And the one thing I wouldn't do uh, along this this line, I would not instantly send out a bucket of resumes. And I would wait on that. I, I really believe this because resumes are uh they 're almost bound to fail. You send out a thousand resumes you 're not going to get a thousand jobs you besides you only want one so get go meet a person professionally one after another. You can get to resumes you can set them down, but don't excuse resume sending as the work of getting a job and take some time work on your other options and I think there is just one more before we get off this sort of sad and sorrowful topic i'm going to give you one credit tip this this was given me by a very clever professional credit restorer and it's fabulously workable and almost no one knows it so hang on when you um i had a friend jerry he came back from the war and and his electrical business was shattered he had he actually put all his stuff on credit cards just just to pay off pay them off you can imagine what his credit score went to um well, this is the trick. When any of the three major international credit agencies is about to change your credit sc- score, there is a law in the U.S. that they must notify you that you're, they're changing your credit score. Well, have you ever received a notification? No. I have not received. No one has received a notification. because Why? Because they don't do it. However, you can call them on this and insist that they return your old score they legally must do that, and it's it's too there it, it's too big a step, too busy a step for them every time your your score fluctuates, so they don't bother so but with this bit of scoff you get your old credit score back. Just hang on to that one, my friend, and uh you can you can call it up against the big boys who are trying to keep you down. So uh, as we round out today's feast, just a word that I am, Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, and uh, today I leave you with our business quotation, who was it who said, I think a simple rule of business is, if you do the things that are easier first, you can actually make a lot of progress. And who said that? Well, as a hint, this Harvard dropout decided that uh faces in a book made a lot better business sense than staying along through the long, long years of education. And remember, if you know the author of this quote with hint, just scribble that author's name down as you believe him or her to be, and send it right off to info at com. That's INFO at B A R T S. B-O-O-K-S dot com to win an absolutely astounding, power changing, uh, career uplifting (laughs) gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books bookstore. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, three men were being shipped to a desert island. They could each take one book. The imam took the Quran. The priest selected the Bible. Ah, but the entrepreneur got a copy of How to Build a Canoe. (laughs) Are you a canoe builder? And next week, do tune in to the Art of the CEO as we head off remotely to the workshop of nationally famed sculptor Yuri Halosi, who is going to be our Virgil and take us through the inferno and the paradiso of the creative artist's mind to tell you how to blend truth, beauty, and the wolf at the door. This is a fun one. He's a brilliant man with many insights. And to you who have gleefully been sharing our feasts, I hope you've enjoyed the art of the CEO <clears throat> as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember that you may download this and, and all our shows by visiting BlogTalkRadio.com/slash/The Art of the CEO. And finally, to you who have honored us with your time, may I say as always. It has been a privilege. I thank you.